You're listening to Legends Cast, a podcast about the cards, the meta, and the community of the Legends of Runeterra. This episode is brought to you by listeners like you. To become a supporter of the show, visit patreon.com slash legendscast. Let's do this. Hello and welcome to Legends Cast, a podcast about the legends of Runeterra. My name is Mark or the Lift from outside of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and with me tonight, I have the eternally optimistic and catastrophically creative Gibbles and Bits. Gibbles and Bits, how you doing tonight, man? I am doing great, my friend. How are you doing? It's good to have you back. Yeah, man, it's uh, it's good to be back, and it's good to it's good to do the intro. You know, I kind of felt a little a little nervous that after last week, Ian did the intro for the first time in the history of the show. And I was a little nervous that maybe everyone would just be like, hey, you know, m- maybe maybe Ian and Gibble should just do it without him forever. You know, maybe I'd get kicked out of the show. I, w- I was a little scared. We had a hard time gauging if we were too guttural, if we weren't guttural enough, how 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 much we, we needed to get deep down in the bowels of our <laughs> voice in order to do the intro like you, like only the mark from outside of Pittsburgh, PA can. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, some of the truth is is that my microphone does help me out a little bit on the uh, on the on the low end. The mic picks up the low end and it emphasizes it. And my my mic my voice isn't that deep. Uh, I've met a couple of people from outside the show, uh, like and in real life, like they live around here, and they say my voice is a little bit different in the recording because of the way the mic emphasizes the deep end. Uh, and to be fair, I sort of like I tweak I tweak the voices just a hair because I find that the the richer, deeper volumes make more, uh, makes a more enjoyable listening experience mm-hmm. uh, for the average listener. Uh, so so there's that. Yeah. If there was ever an ASMR voice for Legends of Runeterra, it might be you. It, <laughs> hey, you know what? I'll take that. I'll take that. I've listened to some ASMR in my day, uh, so I'll. Uh, you know, people uh, chewing on beef jerky or something. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the creative ways in which people decide to do ASMR or what they choose it astounds me. I mean, I've seen like the, the kinetic sand. I've seen. Oh, yeah. I've seen the uh, what is it? The sponges or people like cutting sponges or like like taking the get them a bunch of liquid all filled up in them and squeezing them out all slow or what I don't understand, and I would never will, is I saw an, a video of ASMR on YouTube that just showed up, and probably because I had a random conversation about it in real life, and then yeah, my phone and was Alexa listening was, to me. Li- yeah, your phone or Alexa was listening to you and then sold it to YouTube for exactly. 50 cents. Uh, oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was an ASMR video of someone just taking a bag of chips and just going to town, just chomping, <laughs> just chewing like a cow, just out loud just <laughs> chewing as loud as they could and then like because you know when you chew a chip first it starts out all crunchy and like like the actual chip itself and sure. then it just gets all like gargled mm. and moist and just horrible <laughs> and that was still part of the video and i and people in the comments are like oh i listened to this while i study and i'm like how in what <laughs> world is this study material what are you doing <laughs> <laughs> what could you possibly You, you got an F. In? I am convinced you got an F on whatever final you are studying for. It doesn't matter the subject. It doesn't matter where you're going, age group you are. You fail. 
failed that exam. <laughs> oh my god! Well, I'll say this: if you're really looking for the best ASMR, it's not actually called ASMR. It's spelled Bob Ross, um, and that's <laughs> actually the best and most relaxing thing you could possibly listen to. Happy little trees, uh, my man. Yeah, I used to listen to Bob Ross. Monday was my most stressful day at work at my old job, and I would get in, put Bob Ross in my ears. Twitch has a marathon every weekend that goes until like 2 o'clock on Monday afternoon of Bob Ross on the Bob Ross channel. And uh, and I just listen back-to-back-to-back episodes of Bob Ross uh, all Monday morning. It helps keep me calm, man, those happy little trees. Because of the influence of the area that we're in, I have to bring this up. So about four years ago, I'll say, that could give or take a year or two, I went to go visit my sister. This is back when I was still living in Chesapeake, Virginia Beach, Virginia area. My sister lives in Richmond, Virginia, which is about an hour or two north of that. And I took DBN with me and we went uh, to go visit my sister on Halloween. And we kind of, they have a lot of really nice, it's Richmond is often, Richmond, Virginia is often called the Portland of the East. It's a very big hipster town. Um, It's got a lot of local feels to it, a lot of local shops and they also have a lot of microbreweries that's big there, especially with, they actually have, have cider breweries so that you can do like cider flights at places and stuff too. It's really cool. But on Halloween, there's a big bar crawl that you can do that's really safe and there are a lot of really good options of places to go. So I took Ian with me and I grabbed him, went to go visit my sister and we did this big bar crawl. But we dressed up for Halloween. Oh, and it was magnificent. Uh, I was dressed up as the uh, the the meme um, from Vine, or it was, it was probably a Vine, uh, the the look at this graph guy from Nickelback. <laughs> so yeah, I got uh-huh. the actual graph. I still have it in a picture frame. The the graph from that little meme um, where he goes, look at this graph. And I, yeah, I got uh-huh. a, a blonde wig. So I was the lead singer from Nickelback and I hot glue gunned 55 nickels onto my back. <laughs> and it was really great. But the highlight of the night was Ian. Ian's costume, he was Bob Ross. And he was an incredible oh, Bob man. Ross. He looks so good. I'll I'll have to get see if I can get him, um, if he's okay with it. If I can drop that picture in the uh, in the chat. Um, oh, we'd love to see it. But I'm only gonna do it if someone requests it. Someone <laughs> have, someone listening to the episode has to request that this picture be dropped, and then I will drop it. Yeah, it'll be dropped in Discord. Um, little do you know that at Lux every week, uh, look at this graph meme is actually sung. Uh, at some point uh, before we start church, it's like no a rit- way. It's like a ritual now. Uh, yeah, in fact, we our new worship leader David um, can like mimic the voice of the guy from Nickelback really well, and so he usually gets out his guitar and sings it at least once, um, and then it, it, it's quite funny. But hey, that's that's enough opening banter. <laughs> that's like oh, Legends of Runeterra podcast in the first uh, you know the first six minutes of it. Nothing about Legends or Terror. Uh, but uh, Gibbles and Bits, what have you been playing in LOR? Because I know you've been jamming some games. I mean, every time I log on Discord, it says Gibbles and Bits is playing Legends or Terror. So I'm, I'm assuming you've been getting some games in. It's partially because it stays open on my laptop. Um, mm. But it's also because I, I still have been playing plenty. Um, I've been playing a little bit of Mixed of Ranked. Uh, also, I've uh, been playing some, some casuals, just trying to test out some new decks. One that I posted today that I've been working on for the past couple of days that I think I finally got to a good place was a Viego Callista deck that runs Shadow Isles and Freljord, and it is called um, uh, uh, IOA, Iced on Arrival. 
Okay. Yeah, and I saw so I saw that going in the Discord. So it's kind of a, a double meaning there because I mean you can say iced as in freezing something, iced as in, as in you got iced like mafia style, you got killed. Um, and that deck does both things. Um, runs a lot of a, uh, the the shadow the the mists, but also runs a lot of freeze tools. It essentially abuses the the resummon effects of the Rhymefang Den Mother. Oh, okay, great. Along with. Forgive me, I don't want to get the uh, the name of that card wrong. It's the new one from the uh, from the event that goes along with uh, with Viego, the, the, the invasive hydrovine. Yeah. yeah, so those two uh, textually they trigger off of summons. So uh, not only does the Chronicler of Ruin can you kill it and then resummon it and then it gets that value again. Um, but you can also end up summoning it because they tend to be rather large units. The Den Mother being a 5-5, five, five, Invasive Hydrovine being, what is a 6-6 six, six to start, right? Uh, yep, seven, yep. A 7-6 seven, uh, uh, to start. So those, tend seven, to be, six, yep. so those tend to be, especially when they're the highest attack units in your deck, those tend to be the two that Callista pulls if she's leveled up, and those have already died. So And then you re-get that effect again. So um, it just it cycles off of just getting and abusing that effect uh, especially the Den Mother, every time that you're summoning it, you're getting a 5-5 five, five with Overwhelm, a 6-6 six, six with Overwhelm, whatever it might be at that point with how many freezes you've yep. played. So um, the early game is a lot of freeze tools to lock out aggressive decks and get to that mid-game, and then it's just about resummoning a bunch of just very effective, mana-effective um, units. And it's been... I haven't played it really on ladder much, but I've been playing it a lot in casuals, and it's it's yet to lose, so... Oh, very nice. Very so that's nice. A good, so that's a good sign. It always feels good when you create something theoretically. You theory craft a desk, a deck, and then it ends up working out. So um, I don't know if I'm ballsy enough to take it onto like Gauntlet or something like that and just get obliterated <laughs> by by Akshan uh, Siver or something like that. But I, uh, I I'm feeling good about where the deck is at, and I and I open it to anybody else. I posted it today in Discord. Anybody else to try? Yeah. Now, I listened to a little bit of the episode last week between you and DBN, and I got pulled into something sort of last minute uh, for the church and just wasn't able to jump into the call in time to to get going. Um, but, uh, you know, we talked a little bit about the meta. And one of the reasons that I didn't record last week, too, was I was just like I, I was tilted, uh, like off the charts tilted. Uh, <laughs> I think it was like the Friday before something, or, or maybe it had not been. I can't remember when it was, um, but I just got really, really tilted. Uh, just playing some rounds I was fighting for Diamond, got one game away from Diamond, and ended up being, I think I'm in the bottom of Silver 3 right now. I'm like Silver no. 3. Oh, not Silver. I'm sorry. Platinum 3, 3 LP. Or 0 LP. Platinum 3. Yeah, silver. You that's not even possible. You can't say excuse me. You fell like, that I, far. Uh, I have broken the rules. Um, I have broken the game. No, I'm in plat. I'm at plat. It feels like silver, but I'm in plat uh three. Feels that far away from getting to diamond. And so I sort of gave up playing ranked. I've done a little bit of dabbling here and there. Um, but there's still a lot of stuff I want to experiment with. What I have found was honestly the most frustrating thing was I was playing the heck out of Lee Sin, uh, Lee Sin Riven, and I talked about that a couple episodes ago. Well, that was fine because no one was combating or expecting Lee Sin, and the the buff really wasn't to Lee Sin, it was to Riven, and that was the beautiful part of it. And then Action uh, Lee Sin came out, or Action Lee Sin, mm -hmm. and uh, everyone was like, oh, now I have to tech against Lee Sin. 
Well, let me tell you yep. what works against my deck, Tex against Lee Sin, because I don't have much protection. I mean, the beautiful thing about Riven Lee Sin is it goes off sooner than either the Zoe Lee Sin or the Action Lee Sin. However, you don't have spell access to Spell Shield like you can get access to in Shirima or in Targon. And mm -hmm. so you can't protect your Lee Sin quite as easily. And so uh, it just stopped working for me. Which was really a bummer. Uh, I think it will work in a different meta. And then the other thing was, it was like, what happened, man? Like, everyone was like, oh, by the way, uh, you know, Azrilia is still the most powerful deck in the game, right? Yeah. It's, it seems like, and I think, I think DBN touched on it last time when we were doing our one card up, one card down, or our one card we got right, one card we got wrong, essentially. Uh -huh. And his with the Defiant Dance that card i don't think people evaluated properly or didn't test it quite often enough until once the meta se settled and people stopped playing nothing but viego and nothing but Akshan. i think they started to go back to other decks and test around and that's when people started looking at that card and throwing it back into azir aurelia when they returned to that deck to see how that was still going to perform and realized it was better than it was because um, I, I I see that three copies in every single deck, and to make to make three copies in a very already solid archetype in mm -hmm. every version that I've seen of it, that means that the card is good and the card oh, is, yeah. is solid. So it's 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 a good pressure card, but it's also re recall is 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 a, is in a good spot uh, with when it comes to that, as long as they don't have spell shield on a unit. So. Yeah, that card has, I think, performed better than I think people thought it would and re resubmitted that archetype towards the top, so, which, God forbid, we play against that for another two months. Some people seem to be more frustrated with it than others. Y yes, is I'm that, pretty Is that frustrated. what you got tilted by? Uh, I It wasn't that I got, I got tilted by the fact that I lost a whole bunch of games. Okay. Um, and I was losing to a wide variety of stuff. However... Um, amongst that wide variety of stuff was this was this really and it was the realization for me that a it had not gone away and b it wasn't it, so the thing is is really is not as oppressive it's not as powerful like you don't i don't think that you're forced i don't know i haven't played in a couple of i haven't played in a week on ranked ladder so I, maybe it is there in just like crazy amounts and you are forced to play around it um, like, or you're forced, like, before you even get, like, in deck, it's one of those decks, right, where you have to beat it in deck creation, um, and I don't know if it's there, it certainly was there, I, I thought that the changes they made to it would have made it slower, and it has made it a little bit slower, but not a lot slower, like, a lot of the speed, like, so it, it makes it come online a little bit later with, like, the full power of the deck, but the ability to make oppressive, uh, moves early in the game didn't really get diminished almost at all. I, and and it's so funny because a lot of the core aspects of that deck got hit hard. I mean, Azir got hit hard. Aurelia got hit hard. The Sand Soldier summoning one drop got hit. Like, uh, we looked at that, and when we looked at those changes, I remember Ian and I talking about it and being like, yeah, this probably isn't the death of this deck, but it's going to be a lot, lot slower. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, it can still it can still just like pull it out, right? Like uh, you know, turn one, 
It can drop sparring student into turn two, you know, sparring student plus uh, the guy that summons a sand soldier. And then you're looking at, you know, a four, four and a three, three on turn two um, from your sparring students. And so sparring students still like next level, crazy powerful in that deck. And so, yeah, I was kind of like, I don't know that I'm committed to playing much until they fix this. Yeah, I, what I've really enjoyed is I've had some really constructive conversations with people uh, over Twitter, uh, other just prominent members of the community, um, some other streamers. Um, I've been chatting a little bit with uh, with Shane from Twin Sons, um, just in just in comments back and forth and getting some mm. some good feedback about their thoughts. And it seems to be uh, the community as a whole seems to want a little bit of change uh, and wishes that that would get toned down. But I don't think it hasn't been enough to deter me from playing. And maybe that's the me living up to my moniker of the uh, forever, ever long optimistic, whatever. Eternally my, optimistic. Eternally yes. optimistic. That's, whatever. <laughs> that's the adjective we're looking for. Um, yeah, the eternally optimistic side of me just still finding fun ways to play and just enjoying the deck creation. And I mean, in, in DBN hit a two uh, on a comment recently is he's just, in, he's ready for the, the Legends Cast Discord League, which is uh, coming up or now, I guess- it started under, this week. It's technically underway and I'm competing in that. I'm really excited. I've got my week one uh, matchup this week against Brudon. So let's, uh, he was a finalist, one of the, the finalists from last season. So I've got stout competition week one. Okay. Yeah, I have a I have someone that I'm competing against that I'm a little nervous about because I haven't played in a week or at least not unranked in a week, and I still need to refine my decks, which I have not done at all. Um, so don't give uh, me your secrets. Yeah, I know, I know. I gotta throw a couple of decks together so that I have something that I can play. I have a couple of decks that I like uh, and I'm excited to play, but got a couple that I need to refine some. Uh, because yeah, I, I am excited for that. And there is so much in the game that I haven't really messed with, um, like the Rhyme Frost Den Mother and stuff like that's one for sure. That's mm -hmm. like, man, I was really committed to trying out that card and I have not gone back to the game to dabble with it. The other side of that is Pokemon Unite came out last week and I have been jamming a lot of Pokemon Unite and a lot of people in our community have been jamming Pokemon Unite. I've been busy, so I have not had a lot of time to play games. And so the time that I have had available to play games has been like, I'm jamming Unite games, right? Like these quick 10-minute rounds. Um, so I'm sure when I get tilted a little bit on that game, I'll be back to, I'll be back to playing I more LOR. It. I hate – no, I don't really hate it. I, every, I'm so glad that everyone's having fun with Pokemon Unite, but boy, if I don't feel left out because I don't have a Switch, and all <laughs> I want to do is play with the, these these community members of ours and play with you and play with DBN, and people are talking about, they're like, I'm having FOMO. They're like, yeah, let's, let's, get, let's get together. Let's get a group. Let's get a, let's get a super team together, and we'll all just play. And I'm, I watched you on stream today. I was in your your lobby just watching you, uh, you play Pokemon Unite, and um, I'm not a MOBA player. But this game could be the one that gets me into playing a MOBA for sure. Uh, it yeah. seems simplistic enough compared to some of the other MOBAs that it would be accessible to start playing, but also fun enough that um, I would enjoy playing with other people. And I am just waiting for it to come out on mobile, I guess, for in September. Uh, that's, that's, <laughs> that's, all, that's all I can hope and dream for is that it's still relevant by the time September rolls around. 
Uh, yeah, I'm sure it will be. I don't think that Pokemon makes games that they intend to be irrelevant, um, especially games like this. It, it yeah. you know, they only have like 15 Pokemon in the game or something, and there's only like 850 for them to add still. So I'm sure that we will be seeing. <laughs> That's an exaggeration because of course there's unevolved forms, but uh, chandelier. Still a lot. They need to add chandelier. Uh, is that which one is that? Is that it's the, literally a chandelier, and I only, is that I, the ghost fire Pokemon? The ghost fire Pokemon must be is, is sure. A it yeah. might be ghost fire. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever they made that one on one fighting, um, that stadium ish style uh-huh. game, uh, Pokemon game, maybe a year or two ago. I remember that was a Pokemon that showed up as a as a selectable fighter in that game, and I was like, I have never heard of this Pokemon before. And they literally are running out of ideas, aren't they? They created a chandelier and made it. Sh- and made her name <laughs> Chandelier. I was like, all right. No one's putting two and two together on that one. <laughs> no, no, no one's figuring this one out. Uh, yeah, I mean, when you create that many Pokemon, over 800, I I guess you just start calling them what they are, right? Eventually, a fly's a fly. What are you going to do? Right? One of them is, I kid you not, I think there's, I'm pretty sure it's a Pokemon that's a bag of trash. Yeah, there is. There definitely is. Um, yeah, he's just a bag of trash, and he evolves into, like, a big, bigger bag of trash. Uh, he he like evolves into heap. Oscar the Grouch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've played all the Pokemon games, so saw some people from the community who were surprised to see me playing Unite, but I've I've loved Pokemon since sixth grade, and uh, super excited for that. So hopefully I'll, I'll detach from Pokemon Unite long enough. Uh, to get some games in this next week because I want to finish leveling up my pass, man. Have mm-hmm. you finished your pass? I haven't finished the pass, and I don't know how far other people are on it, but I feel like I'm in a really good spot. So I think out of, what, 270 Sentinel uh, yeah, uh-huh. uh, kind of points you have to get, I'm sitting at like 190. So okay. I'm I'm in a good spot. I'm definitely in a good spot. I'm pretty confident that I think by the time that it, because we've got another three weeks or so. or Oh, you'll absolutely so, finish I'm, it. I'm going to yeah. blow by it. In the next in the next couple of weeks, especially yeah. as I complete some of those more hefty challenges, um, the yeah. points will just start racking themselves up. And I'm at like 130, soon. and I feel completely confident that I would be able to finish it. I'm like halfway. Like I have the prismatic Viego or whatever, mm-hmm. and still have to finish it out. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, I need to get back on. I got to find some time to do it. Uh, we traveled this past week, so it was hard. And traveling in a couple of weeks. And uh, I just got to commit to taking Pokemon or not taking Pokemon Unite with me and instead taking my iPad to play in the hotels at night, uh, play some LOR. There you go. <laughs> hey, but we have a couple of announcements we want to get to. So thank you to all of our patrons over at Patreon.com. This is the week that we announce a winner. So the winner of our T-shirt this week from our patrons is uh, Mitchell P. Mitchell P., you are the winner. Been a patron here for eight months. Let's thank go, you Mitchell. so much. Mitchell, for your support, shoot me your name, address, and uh, and also your shirt size, and we will get a Legends Cast t-shirt out to you. You are the first one to win a Legends Cast t-shirt, so congratulations to you. Um, winner, winner, chicken dinner. If you want to be a supporter of the show, visit the link in the description of this episode or go to patreon.com. Slash Legends Cast, you know, give us uh, give us a dollar a month. That's a quarter an episode. Shows your support. It will eventually give you access to new episodes of the Mulligan once we get back to doing those. I keep making promises I shouldn't keep making. Um, and then uh, also put you in the drawing to win a free, right now, free piece of merch. Usually this, right now, it's a t-shirt for the next couple of months, probably six months at least, is going to be a, a free t-shirt, Legends Cast shirt. So thank you so much. For your support, guys, also go over to iTunes, leave us a rating and review. Um, just a heads up, if you leave us a rating but you don't leave us a review, I can't do anything with it. So somebody left us a, a rating 
a five-star rating, which we deeply appreciate. But if you don't leave us a review, um, I can't see who you are. So thank you for that five-star rating, but go back and leave us a little review, even if you just say Pog Champ or Keck W or Oh, Whatever goodness. the kids say these days. Uh, yeet. Sheesh. Yeet. Swole. Um, words. Poggers. Uh, what, <laughs> poggers, whatever. Whatever Yin's kids say, uh, go ahead and feel free to do that. So anyway, guys, thank you so much for your support over at Patreon. And everyone who listens to the show, we love you and we appreciate you. But let's go ahead and kick things over uh, to Gibbles and Bits. He's going to dive in with a deck name game. Showtime. All right, it's deck name game time, and I am excited about this one. I was looking on deck name game, and I couldn't help but just notice this one deck. I thought it was very interesting, especially since it uses some of the new cards and new uh, new champion that we received recently. This is the first time we're doing deck name game, I think, since Viego and Akshan came out. But yeah, I that's loved- accurate. Loved the name of this deck. This one is coming from uh, a, a very prominent member in our community uh, who's posting all the time. His name from Jonathan C. His deck called Appropriated Accoutrement. And it is uh, an Akshan uh, uh, Tarek deck. And it does exactly what you think. I mean, the entire flavor. I know Ian would be proud. The entire flavor behind Akshan is that he's stealing stuff. So mm-hmm. the name of appropriated accoutrement also kind of has D&D vibes to it, which is another, another reason that I appreciated it. But it runs Mountain Goat and Sparkle Fly, Mentor of the Stone, so a little bit of buff for Tarek, so typical uh, Tarek stuff, and uh, 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 Vagabond uh, and the Bruiser. So it's just some additional stuff to help get uh, Akshan's, um, his hordes, uh, leveled up and get him leveled up to get some of those good benefits, but just running a bunch of uh, good spells like Shape Stone, Guiding Touch, the Absolver and Grappling Hook, which um, I played a couple uh, games of this deck just to see how it would function in that deck, and th- it does better in this deck than it would in some other decks. Typically, the issue with the Absolver and Grappling Hook is the Absolver needs you to have something leveled up. Those, those go very well hand-in-hand, but the Absolver needs somebody to be leveled up which mm-hmm. with the amount of spells going on here and the amount of striking um, with the the gems uh, and just being able to kind of pump Akshan's that with his quick attack, he can attack more things. Um, and just the protection every time if he's if he's being supported by Tarek, that so way he's getting the um, he's getting the the tough feature for the attacker for that turn, keeping him alive a little bit better. This deck tends to level up a little bit better, activating the Absolver and then the Absolver working well into Grappling Hook, being able to challenge units. That's a very good combo there. Typically what I've noticed over the past couple of months, or the past couple of weeks, I should say, since uh, these cards were released, Grappling Hook is a little inconsistent because you don't have enough buffs to play on or just targeting spells to play on your own units in a deck to activate the grappling hook this deck does a very good job of that which is uh, a pat to uh, jonathan for his uh, design of the deck just being able to run more spells and just designing it to be uh, pretty balanced honestly between followers and spells Um, so that way Mm. the odds are he's usually got something in his hand that he can buff a unit with or play on a unit to then attack with a grappling hook Runs a couple hush, runs Bastion for protection, protection, which totally makes sense. So 
Uh, this is a deck that could, if you don't go if left goes on check, could really run away in the mid game, but also has all of the standing tools to really stand on its own. Use some overwhelm tools with the absolver into the late game and usually and abuse some of the uh, uh, the the profits of Akshan's level ups and his his countdowns with his landmarks. So really cool deck, really flexible deck. I love the design. I love the feel of it. The name fits perfectly. So uh, clear winner in my book this week. Jonathan sees uh, acquired Kuchaman. Awesome. Yeah, I love continuing with the theme of sort of like carrying the theme of the heist, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Because I think that is one of the funnest things about action or Akshan is that, you know, you have the heist going on and if you can kind of follow that theme a little bit. I also love like the the reimagining and the return to looking at Tarek. I actually saw Saucy Mailman playing Tarek today because Tarek's one of those cards too that did receive a buff, but not a lot of people have gone back to revisit. There's like, it's so hard because we got these three new champions, right? And then we got tons of champion changes. Not a lot of time to really go back and revisit a lot of those champions that mm -hmm. did get changes. And then we got two new champions. And then we're going to be looking at champion changes in the not-too-distant future, probably. And then we're going to be looking at a new release of cards next month. And so it's like, I feel like there's some stuff that has gone unmessed with still. Like, there's, I think that's the hardest part of the meta, right? Is that mm -hmm. you get you get the meta becomes solidified in this game. In, in previous card games, the meta has been solidified because everything has been experimented with, right? It had been exhausted, and this is what the meta is. In this game, the meta becomes solidified because a streamer or a content creator created a deck and everyone latched onto it and just played it, not because the, you know, the experimentation has been done, um, sure. but because every and we're going to talk about this at the end but because everyone has access to so many of the cards you're not forced to experiment or discover things a whole lot and so i think and because we don't have the number of content creators in the lor scene that you do have in like a hearthstone or something um you just don't have like you know content creators are constantly being creative they're constantly making new things right and if you have 25 content creators then you get 25 new things a week if you have three content creators you get three new things a week and sometimes less if they're kind of meta slaves and so uh you know i think that's an interesting thing so i love the revisiting of Tarek here uh i think that's really really cool mm -hmm. um because i think that's one of the champions that i looked at as like i kind of want to mess around with that because Tarek has always been sort of like almost there like his level up is so powerful um right yeah he's got and he's got some standalone power just being able because it doesn't matter if the unit to his right really needs it or not if he supports something he's getting himself tough too that's important to remember like it's even if he doesn't have a spell that you played on him that turn to hand to his supported ally he's still granting something tough and giving you tough which is a decent ability for the, at least for the time being i mean and if you're building a Taric deck you're building it around with some spells that'll help him get leveled up that's for sure um but yeah i love Taric. i since Taric came out um i built a support deck right off the bat i've played support a decent amount and with the recent changes my support deck got better it just didn't seem it just didn't fit well in this in this meta uh, with some of the other, yeah. the, a lot of the vulnerable. It, 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 the, oh, support decks, sure. Support decks, support decks require you to be able to play Develop your game. To play your game plan. Build, yeah. build a board and then just snowball. 
get one really good turn off with Mountain Sojourners on the far left and just support, 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 hand everything permanent plus two plus whatever the other supports are down the line. Um, it, it wants to snowball. It doesn't want to be messed with until maybe turn five, turn six. It wants to take, it wants to not block and take some, just take some swings and just go down to 10 health and then just say, okay, maybe at 10 health, but you have no answer for what, what I'm about to do to you. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, I'll, go ahead. I was just going to say the one big payoff that I saw with Tarek with some experimentation I think is really cool is Golden Aegis because it gives him uh, barrier and rally, but then once he casts it on somebody else, you attack, you lose your attack token, and then he casts it. The thing he casts it on gets toughness, barrier, and then rallies again because it casts the spell mm -hmm. again, and you get another attack token. I think that's probably the card with some of the absolute biggest payoff right now is Golden, Golden Aegis is, is bonkers on him. Uh Oh, you should uh, have seen my face. You should have seen my face the first time that I got hit with that. I, I wasn't streaming or anything, but the first time that I got smacked with that, I it took me a good two minutes to work through in my head what happened. Yeah. I was so confused, and then I it, I had to kind of replay it in my head. I was like, "Oh, yeah, that's pretty broken." Yeah, it, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, it's really good if you can play it, but it that. Demacia doesn't want to run a lot of the kind of cheaper spell stuff that um, yeah that buffs your unit besides like maybe maybe radiance um what is it the, the radiance strikes or whatever it is um the the one the one cost uh one plus one plus one buff oh uh, yeah 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 uh-huh yeah uh, yeah the little the little roman candles um uh -huh, as, I, as yeah. I like to call them but yeah they uh does it besides those they don't really have a lot of really good cheap buffs and maybe sharp sights and Sharpsight would be a really good one to have Tarek hand to somebody else, but, but yeah, even that not like great. It's like but right, Sharp, but you've got Sharpsight's you've, benefit is on defense. Right, if you run times. if you run three copies of each, you've got six spells total, and that's really about all you've got uh, that you could feasibly want to play and handle. So it did. Demacia needed a little something else. So it's it's Demacia is kind of a hard combo to play with Tarek, if you ask me. Um, I think there's definitely better region combinations out there. I like this deck a lot better than a Tarek uh, Demacia combo. You might yeah. get that Golden Ages combo off one out of ten times, but I can guarantee you that this will hit all these these cheap kind of spell tricks eight out of ten times. It will, it will give you more value. So, um, Which gives us the idea of, like, what if Golden Ages was in two different regions? You know, and you could segue. interesting segue, which is going to take us to our main segment tonight in our main topic of conversation. Time for the main event. Okay, guys, this topic came up in our discord and it was something that was really interesting in relation to the upcoming champion Senna, which we know about. I don't know if you guys talked about it on the show last week or not, but you get to the end of the event pass. And the last thing in the event pass is a Senna icon, but it also gives you access to one copy of Senna in the next release of cards. So we got confirmed we are getting a champion Senna, which is unique because, of course, we have, you know, a follower Senna. We don't have a champion Senna yet, but we will be getting one, which is really cool. And one of the subjects that came up was, what if Senna was from two regions? And then it was like, well, a lot of champions could be from two regions, Riven was from Noxus and now lives in Ionia. Uh, Silas is Shadow Isles in Freljord, I think. <laughs> I can't, I can never remember. But many of the champions 
in LOR have history in like Bangle City and also in Piltover and Zahn or, you know, Piltover. Um, a lot of the champions have, you know, a section of their story that's in uh, Demacia. So uh, Tarek, I think, was originally from Demacia. He gets exiled, ends up reaching the top of Mount Targon. And so he has history in Targon and in Demacia. And you have a lot of champions that sort of have that. And so we got into the conversation about what if your champions had two regions and what that would look like. And so we said, hey, it might be an interesting conversation. Uh, Gibbles, why don't you talk a little bit about, like, what's your fish, you know, first, like, uh, thoughts when it comes to dual region champions and dual region cards. Sure. So my thought with that is that is going to take some effort. And sure. I don't know how they would plan to do it because my first thought, and maybe this isn't the most obvious thought process on what this would do to the existing cards, but how does that work with allegiance? Think oh, about that. So if you run a Targon, a full Targon deck, but you've got Targon, a full Targon deck, and then maybe, I don't know, Sh Shadow Isles deck, and you've got a Targon and Shadow Isles dual champion, and does that still count for Allegiance? Because technically it's both. Um, mm -hmm. So there's that's one aspect of it too. But I don't know. I th if I like the idea of it from a lore perspective, I would like, to, if they're going to do that, I would like to see them come out with a skin for each dual champion on each half of their story. There's oh, a lot that cool. they could do with that, and I think a lot that they should do with that. Riot has the ability to um, to dip into the lore. I love lore, and shame on me for not knowing as much as I do know. Um, with the Legends of Runeterra lore, with a lot of these champions that come over from League to Runeterra. Uh, one that I do know, and I think maybe that's maybe this is a good opportunity when they expand into another region that they then introduce this. And they if if there's a region that has kind of some commonalities with some some exi existing champions, then they might be able to introduce two principles at one. Um, something that I think needs to be noted though is it will probably slow down the release schedule and the expansion of the champion count in each region, I would think, because they don't want an imbalance of the number of champions that go into each region. So if you release a champion for Shadow Isles and Targon, then, well, there's two philosophies. You might speed it up because you're covering two bases in one, but then if you don't have a balance of a Shadow Isles and Targon champion, and then you don't have a Piltover and Zaun and Demacia, and then a Frail Yord and Bilgewater, and then an Ionia and um, Noxus, whoever, Noxus sure. whoever else I'm missing. Like, unless you don't have, unless you have a balance, like there, you could put out three champions that all fit in a dual region, but that's probably going to be pretty hard to do, I would think. And that'll slow down the release schedule until they get back to a normalcy of having everything equal. Cause that's, that's kind of been their MO so far is they may release a an expansion or release a card pool that temporarily puts uh, a region up a camp, a, a champion or two, but then they're very quick to follow up the next time with champions from, a, from those lacking regions that didn't get a champion the previous time to then put it at a, a level playing field. When you start throwing in dual champions there that are driven by lore, I don't know if they're going to be able to really balance it as well as, as you'd think. You'd with probably the exception have... of what, like Shadow Isles and Targon have more 
than everybody else right now, right? Because of Ophelios and Viego. Yeah, I believe that's right. They have one more than everybody else recently. I don't think that Sharima does, right? Because Sharima got less than what it should have, and so they caught up with action to like uh, to everybody else. I, I think that could be inaccurate, but I do think that. I do think that Shadow Isles and Targon mathematically have a few, like one more champion at this point than the other regions. Um, it feels so, like Biltwater so, doesn't have a lot. Yeah, that's but maybe that's just, just me. Maybe it's just they've got bad. they've got seven. Maybe it's because it feels like Fizz and Nautilus aren't really part of their faction. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Fizz doesn't. I mean, everyone forgets Fizz. It's like they have TF, MF, and and uh, Gangplank, right? And, and that's, and that's it. it, right? That's that's yeah. all they've got. It's the only thing that feels piratey to me. Um, so the other thing that's part of this conversation is, okay, how does this impact deck building? Because it could impact it a couple of different ways. So the one way that can impact it is to say dual region champions are a part of each region. So if you play either region in your deck, you can grab that dual region champion. So let's say I am playing... Uh, let's just say, for example, we did Riven. We retro make her Ionia and Noxus. So the one way of saying it is, okay, she's Ionian and Noxus now. So now if I play Ionia Targon, I can grab Riven. And I can play Riven Lee Sin with Spell Shield. Um, because now I can grab Riven from Ionia, even though she's Ionia Noxus. The other way of looking at it is to say that when you grab one of these dual region cards, it forces you in to those two regions. So Ionia and Tar Ionia and Noxus for Riven mm -hmm. means that now the only way for you to play Riven is if your two faction choices are Ionia and Noxus. So the champion choice pigeonholes you into a region combination, allowing them to limit the power. Like in one, it takes like it pulls a bunch of limits off of deck building and allows you to do some new and creative, potentially broken stuff. The other way really limits the power and access that, uh, you know, a specific deck has to other regions. And you're telling it you have, but it allows you to build around that champion that's dual region really specifically so i don't know if you had an opinion on like which way they would go about deck building requirements with dual region champions and cards that you would feel better with quick update before i go into that i just did a count on each of the in each of the regions targon yeah. sharima and shadow isles each have eight the rest have seven okay so sharima did get seven and then got action okay so i was yeah. I was one off on that. I felt for some reason that their release schedule gave them one fewer than what they were supposed to get, but that was off. Okay, so three three of the regions out of our, what, eight regions, um, eight or nine have, regions have now. Eight. Yeah, have eight, eight and have the eight. rest of them have seven. Okay, um, okay. So as for the conversation around dual champions and how it would limit deck, how it would do deck building, I absolutely would fight the idea that you'd be pigeon held into two regions. And mm -hmm. maybe that's because I'm a big deck building guy. Maybe that's I'm getting a little bit biased. I don't know. But I think the community would be very sad to see an, an already growing card pooled game. I think they would be I think I think it's less of a problem to see a card have the ability to work with every region than to see it pigeon held. Because it might be good in a Demacia 
and let's say let's say Riven got help pitching help into, into Demacia and Noxus. Okay, there might be a really good deck that runs with that. And if it's too powerful, they'll nerf her into the ground and you'll never see her anyway. Or mm. if it's balanced, if it's strong, you will see that deck played for a little bit. And then people, will, even if it's good, people will get bored of it unless they are competing in some major tournament on the competitive scene. They'll play it because it's relevant to their tourney makeup of their deck lineup. Sure. And very similar for, to Deep or, uh, or you know, uh, Soraka. TK Raka. Like, it's 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 a great... TK Raka is a... It's not a great at this point, just based on the meta standing, but it's a solid deck. I mean, it's it makes the tier lists in, in most, most uh, competitive players' eyes, most streamers' eyes. It makes the tier list at least relevant in the conversation of a deck that can win games, but not a lot of people play it just because it's been around for a while and it hasn't changed. I think if you start pigeonholing, if we, for some reason, do get dual champions, dual region champions, and you started pigeonholing them into specific region combinations, I think that would force the player base to say, do I really want to play this deck over and over again? Or would I rather experiment with something else that comes out that's a single region champ that I can play with everybody? Um, I would love to see it would, you also start dipping and maybe I have less of opinion about this because I didn't play Elder Scrolls Legends, but you almost get the feeling that if let's say a card was Demacia and Noxus, and then you made a, a Noxus Targon deck, that ran this Demacia Noxus champion, you start to dip into the idea of tricolor, right? And I know sure. that, and I know that, know that triggers some some hate feelings and some bad some bad tastings in the mouth for for some not people. From more this than, guy, this guy loved tricolor. He loved tricolor, and and uh, don't tell DBN that because he, he he's got some very strong opinions. Oh, well, you know what? Uh, DBN gets salty all the time. He's not on the show to defend himself. So yeah, that's what you get uh, for missing the episode. Yeah, you don't get uh, to defend yourself. Yeah, yeah, but it's fine. Tricolor was great. But it it's got that would it would have vibes of that and shades of that of some tricolor in there too. I mean, it, if anything, it opens up more deck building opportunity, which I like. I will always vie for the the most vie. The, the, I will always be an advocate for the most creative deck building space. Otherwise, why would you grow your card pool? That mm -hmm. to me seems counterintuitive to to lock down cards as your counter as your as your card pool grows. Otherwise, you might as well just go into a rotation. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so last option with the dual region champions. What if you had, uh, let's just go back to Riven and we're going to put her back in Ionia Noxus because lore-wise that makes the most sense, right? What if you clicked on Riven and you got to choose between two different versions of Riven with different level ups, different abilities. One was Ionian and it gave her, and there was a kit that went with her in Ionia. And one was Noxus and there was a kit that went with her in Noxus. So you have the same champ that can be played, they're completely different cards, right? Completely different cards, mm -hmm. completely different regions. You cannot pick the Noxus version of, uh, of you know, uh, Riven and play her in, you know, in Ionia Freljord deck. You'd have to pick the Ionian version of Riven. It would come with her own kit, have her own flavor, have her own artwork even, but, like, you pick it and you're like, okay, I want to put, you know, I want to put three copies of the Noxus version in for this deck because I'm playing, you know, Nox or something else. Uh, that isn't really dual region, right? But it is getting back to the spirit of 
the lore of LOR that says that many of these heroes have history in multiple regions. And a lot of this comes back to Senna, who has history, I believe, in my hope, maybe, in multiple regions. Um, and so, you know, it's like, oh, where where is she? And where does she come from? And what part of her story are we coming in here on? Um, I don't know. What do you think about that? Because I, I kind of thought that would be cool. I thought that could be really fun. Yeah, I think that is that would be big props to Riot for coming up with that or creating that. That is something that I think I think is that it was always a challenge for game developers and what really solidifies their game or their product as a staple in a in a community of games that's already been done before, like the card, the online card game. Uh, uh, arena where we're sure. seeing we've already seen hearthstone we've already seen magic we've already seen tessel we've already seen a bunch of different versions Yu-Gi-Oh, pokemon of Turtle, card games yeah. of dueling card games like this you have to find a way to create something new something fresh that solidifies your game as this has never been done before and this is why my game is relevant that would be really cool not to my to my knowledge i have never seen a game create dual champions where you can select the different version of the champion, a different flavor of it, a different a different uh, level up based on where their home technically lies region-wise or what faction. Yeah. That seems brand new to me. I think that would feel very new and very fresh to a lot of the community, and it would signal pretty heavily one... I think we've already seen with some of the more recent news in... Uh, in the pairing with Legends of League of Legends with the, the Ruination event, that there is a stake in the game for Riot to continue to innovate and continue to build Legends of Runeterra. They've gotten to the point where they said that there this is a game that we want to focus on, we want to continue to put money into and put effort into. That would be a fantastic way to signal a cornerstone stake in the ground or a chapter i think that would be a, a probably a best way that's probably the best metaphor is this would be a chapter in the game yeah a a, a defining moment where they said this is the game has now crossed over into a permanent staple of our product lineup with this new development that we are expanding into a brand new very uh, probably time consuming if anything element that we're adding to this already existing game to make it even fresher for our community. I think if you come from an LOL background too, you might have a champion that like you loved to play, but the card didn't really capture the element of the champion that you loved, right? And so I, I don't even know what that might be, right? But I, I would think that like uh, Malkai would be a good example of that. You know, perhaps there's another element of Malkai that like the deck burning and destroying thing wasn't really your thing, but oh man, like this other version of Malkai really captures the play style that I loved from LOL and now I can capture it in LOR. And so I want to play that version of Maokai with, you know, different artwork or whatever. Yeah. I, I think that there is opportunity because I don't think for many of these champions that they've maxed out the creative space and, uh, and this allows them to go back and basically give us new champions for a region without having to give us new champions and gives us new ways to play champions that we already know and that we love. Um, and I think that is really exciting and would be really cool. And I, and there are many champions that I would, I mean, I, I would love to see a version of Lee Sin that isn't just like a one turn kill combo from Ionia. Right. 
uh, even if I had a second Ionian lease in, right, if he doesn't have background somewhere else, that played differently, that leveled up differently, that wasn't as based on spells. Like, I, th- I think all that stuff could be cool. Um, yeah, I, I think there's just room. Well, and even with the events that they come out with, like, for example, this Ruination event, they created a bunch of skins of dark characters or sentinel characters, for that matter, that are fighting mm-hmm. darkness. Even if it wasn't originally canon in the lore, it's it also involves another creative space for them to create a new version of a card or create a a, a new skin of a card, a new um, look at an existing champion. Like, what if there was a... For the beach event, what if you created a new card version for Heimerdinger that had something to do with a a new beachy themed kind of card style that you released? Like you could totally do something like that. It doesn't even have to be super canon with the lore. It just gives you another creative space as you come out with events to reinvigorate champions that maybe aren't seeing a high level of play or a high rate of play. There's a lot of ladder ability to doing dual regions um, and coming out with, as you mentioned, just new level ups that are tied to reach existing regions and and throwing that character into another region. Now they've got a whole new set of cards to play with. Um, it, there, there's a lot of ways to to do it. I would love yeah. to see them dip into the dual region. It just, imagine, it just depends on whether they're going to pull the trigger on it. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, there's no uh, rumor really legitimate that says they're going to. We just hope that they will. Um, okay. Well, let's move on. We have one one last segment left for this show. Well, two technically, but the last one's closing thoughts. So another segment. And uh, this one, uh, Gibbles is going to lead in. It's a brand new one. Playtime's over. All right. This is a brand new segment that I am very excited about. And this is a segment that I have to give one heck of a shout out to one of our community members. XD60, looking at you, man. You pulled me aside. You threw this idea in my brain, and I have not stopped thinking about it since you've done that. This is a fantastic idea of something that you've come up with from another podcast that you've seen that I think um, and you have yet to see used in the LOR, the Legends of Runeterra community. And I, I think this is a fantastic idea with some of the cool Uh, cards that we've got going on so this is a segment that we're calling mind meld and it is going to be interactive with our player or with our our community base here that is listening to the podcast so what i invite you to do what we're going to be doing is we're going to be using some of the cooler uh, aspects of the the cards that riot puts out in legends of runeterra that exist in the card base and we're going to be testing the knowledge not only of you at home but of our 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 podcast hosts here whether we have all three of us on or whether it's just tonight, like it's just me and Mark, uh, we are going to be testing each other, whoever's running the questions, to see how much we truly know about LOR. I hope you have studied up on your cards, Mark, because I'm about to shoot you some questions. I haven't. I haven't. So these are trivia questions, guys, about cards and LOR. And if you want to join in and make some guesses along with me, please feel free to do so um, because we think it'd be fun. And let us know what score you get. Uh, Jump over to Discord and let us know if you got a perfect score or if you didn't find any of them, whatever. Jump over there in the podcast discussion channel and let us know how you did uh, on on Gibble's uh, trivia question. So come on, man. Throw the first one at me. I'm getting in. All right. Yeah, and just a quick note, if you want more time uh, to think about the question as I ask it, I will give a brief second of pause 
and then you can stop the episode if you want to think about it and then re-enter and press press play again before you hear the answer if you really want to give yourself a couple seconds to think about it. I'm not going to give that mark that much time. I'm not that kind. So here's the first question. So we're going to have a different kind of couple different kinds of questions. This one's going to be a champion text question. So okay. I'm going to read you the text of one of the champions in LOR, and I want you to tell me which champion this belongs to. Some of the cool flavor text here. Not what their physical card says, but when you click on the cool art of the card, this is the text that reads. Okay, okay, okay. I'm ready. I think this is going to be easy. I think I'm going to get this one. All right. With every conflict, we show the Solari we are worthy of respect. We have taught them that the moon's light is equal to their sun's. We have taught them not to disregard at which they do not know. And of the lessons they are yet to learn, this is said by the Lunari Wayne Speaker. Is this a champion? This is a champion. Yeah, this is a champion question. Okay, th this has to be Diana, right? You it's are 100% wrong, my friend. I, I'm wrong? It's you not Diana? It is not oh, Diana. Oh, shoot. Is it a Philios? It is a Philios. Oh, no. I forgot that he's like Luminari sad boy. I totally a, forgot. What's funny is XD60 actually helped me come up with this. And in the, in the sheet, he put a Philios, a.k.a. sad boy. <laughs> okay. Yes. Uh, okay. I missed the first one. Perhaps you got that one right. I said it was going to be easy. Probably the easiest one I'm going to get tonight. Some of the texts are a bit interesting. They are, they are, they double dip into different themes. And you look, you look, you look for keywords and all that, all you want to, but you got to think about okay. context. All right. Okay. So this question is, two. Let's go. So we went from champion. Now we're going to go follower. So I'm going to read you the uh, the flavor text from the art on a follower, and I want you to tell me which follower this oh, text belongs to. Oh jeez. Okay. Take a, there's, there's a lot more followers in the game than there are champions. This one might be a little tougher. You bet on Shiraza as sole survivor, and the that Ionian kid. Sure, he's missing an arm, but he ain't dead. Makes him a survivor. See, of course you could always double down. Oh shoot, that's the whole thing. <laughs> um. So oh, think he's ne geez. he's he's negotiating something. He's talking about betting. Okay, yeah, talking about betting. He's okay, okay, okay. Well, too many clues. Um, okay, so I'm thinking it's either Noxus or Bilgewater. I'm thinking it's either Noxus or Bilgewater. Okay, and I'm I'm thinking, I'm thinking Arena. Uh, so it's either like I'm. It's like the the big guy that you can like uh, zero mana deal two damage to something to deal two damage to the opponent's face, um, or it's like. Noxian like battle caster arena caster or whatever or like is there like a betting guy from Noxus like an arena betting mm -hmm. guy it's an arena betting guy and I know it, and I can't remember what his name is I'm gonna just go with arena battle caster and that's probably wrong arena battle caster is incorrect but you I are so. on the right track that it is an arena betting guy so arena is the first name of his name now tell me Mark what does someone do if they are in the profession of taking bets from people Oh, man, they? a bookie. He's a bookie, right? He's a Arena bookie. bookie. Arena bookie. This is a card? What card is Arena bookie in the game? Remember, so he's a, like a little fox-looking guy, and he's pinching a coin between his fingers, kind of a side profile. What the heck does he do? What the heck does he do? So Arena, I'll tell you exactly what he does. 
I should just look it up, but arena, you're not looking Arena up. Bookie is a two-cost 2-2 two, two that says, round start, discard your lowest-cost card to draw one. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah, he's a vanilla. I should have known that. I should have known that. I was close. I was close. Arena Bookie, okay. You were on the right track. All Shoot, right. okay. Well, question three. Zero, zero, zero for two. Yep, question, question three. three of four. So I am going to read you um, a type of card. And there's going to be a certain number of types, a certain number of cards that fit this mold, okay? And I okay. need you to name a certain number of them. Oh, jeez. All right. So, in Demacia, I need you to name me three of the five Demacia spells that are slow speed and cost six mana. There are five uh... of them. I need you to read me three of them. Uh, and cost six mana. And cost six mana. Oh, not actually. There's only four of them that are slow speed. So I need you to at least. I'll give you. I'll give you two. You need to read me two of the four slow speed six cost spells. In oh, Demacia. okay. 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 That I got four Demacia. Uh, okay. six mana. Give everything on your board plus three plus three. Yep. Um, and then is the name of it Redemption. It summons a Demacian five drop. Nope. You've got the card text. You're on the right track with the card text, but it's not called Redemption. It's not called Redemption. It's, it's close. something like that. Let me think if I can think of one of the other slow speed six mana Demacia spells. Um, I know that one. I know I like uh, it's driving me nuts because I know that, that the name of that, I, I'm so bad with card names. I know exactly what it does. And it discounts like the more things that you lose mm -hmm. life to. So I feel like I, I feel like I've earned this one because yeah. I definitely know what the card is. Um, so what? So think think about what the the picture of the card is. Shoot, I don't even remember. I just know that I always played it with. Radiant it's a helmet Guardian. sitting on top of white roses. Oh shoot! Uh, the other hold up. The, yeah, that's true. Um, the other one is there's it's like a six mana your dragon a dragon character with fury strikes two things mm -hmm. um, and that, that's another one of the six mana Demacia cards right um, and I don't remember the name of that one like reckless fury or dragon double tap um, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know I don't remember what it is okay I can't remember the names but I've remembered three of the four slow speed six mana spells even though I can't you've, remember the names you've put them in your brain and you've gotten half of the text on each of them so I think you get a pass on this one okay you've okay, succeeded good. so you got four Demacia that's that's correct the six cost slow spell give all give all allies plus three plus three this round the other okay. six cost six cost slow spell that you were thinking of that an ally with fury strikes the two weakest enemies, which tend to be dragons, is molten breath. Okay, molten breath, not the, dragon double tap. After not all. dragon double tap, but I like your name better. The one that you had half of the name on, not uh, whatever you said. Cost one less for each ally that died this round. Summon a random five cost follower from Demacia. It's called Remembrance. Remembrance instead of Redemption. Okay, right. Remembrance instead. And I was I, you, I the R. And the one that you got none of the details on is Redoubled Valor. Fully heal an ally, uh, then double its power and health. Yep. Yep. Okay. That's the card, fair. That's to fair. be fair, is Okay, not I get a point. Ever. I get I get a point. I get a you point. Get a point. I'm, you are I'm, one you are one for three. You one, get a point on one for that three. One. Okay, let's see if I can make it 50-50. Last All question. Right. The last one, I am just gonna straight read you the text, the play text on this card. Oh jeez. I'll need never you be to, able to get the name of it. And I need you to tell me the name of this card. I'm just going to read you the playtext. Okay, go ahead. 
Nexus Strike. Create in hand an exact copy of a random spell from the enemy deck. Shoot, Shadow Assassin is the equivalent of this card, but it's a three-mana, two-one draw card. And wait, read that again? Sure. Nexus Strike. Create in hand an exact copy of a random spell from the enemy's deck. Holy crap, an exact copy of a spell in the enemy's deck. Oh, no, no. Okay, this is the two-mana 3-2 from Piltover and Zaun. Um, and I'll never be able to remember its name because I don't play it frequently enough, but it's a two-mana 3-2 from Piltover and Zaun with Nexus Strike, and it used to be okay in a Heimerdinger deck because you needed two drops that badly, and it's not played anymore, and you never see it. And I, uh, I don't know, uh, Steampunk Thief is the name of the card. Okay, I'm giving you credit. You, you get this one. You are two for four on the day because you, you, you named the stats of the card, the region, and you gave like synonyms for what it actually is. You said <laughs> steampunk thief and it's chempunk pickpocketer. <laughs> close. So close, you, you couldn't have got any closer without actually getting the right name. That I think that deserves merit. So <laughs> steampunk, chempunk, steampunk thief uh. to chempunk pickpocketer. Okay, well, this is now my new favorite segment of the show, and we're not going to do anything but this forever. This um, is so, so if you shout out <laughs> once again, shout out to XD60 for bringing this up. But I love this car, I love this game. I think one of the most, I wish, I wish we could do, we had a visual component to this, um, the podcast, which inherently podcasts don't, but I wish we did because I think one of the most underutilized parts of LOR is not only the art that goes with the game with each each of the cards but the flavor text that goes with each of the cards as well especially champions considering they have two uh level up uh they they have two flavor texts one for their base level one for their level up i think they're so cool i i if you have a favorite card or you've gotten new cards and you've got a couple seconds maybe if your opponent's slow roping you go and uh just pick a Click on a couple cards that are currently in 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 your hand or in are on the field, and just read the text and just have a good time with that because there's some really interesting, cool stuff in there. And I feel like I've learned a little bit about lore too. Yeah. Plus, you might be able to score a little bit higher uh, on this segment, which we're definitely doing again. Thank you, XD60, and let us know how you did. Uh, did you get four out of four? Let us know inside the Discord. Uh, it's a plug for our Discord. Well, why don't we work our way out of here? This episode's been awesome, and uh, and let's move on to some closing thoughts. All right. And I thought I was already perfect. Okay, guys, in closing thoughts, we try to give you something to live with, not just to play with. Uh, and so hopefully that's like the new way I'm going to introduce it. That that's was the, that's new. I love that. Yeah, we'll give you something to live with, not just to play with. Um, I guess it could be seen as being like uh, vulgar or or gross <laughs> maybe that, that you still get the if your mind's in the gutter i didn't um, go that way but well but, uh, nah. my mind's never far right uh so in this segment i'm just gonna say like earlier today uh went out it was like a crazy day lots of stuff but my, my closing thoughts always come from like the 12 hours before we record um but this one i just actually went out and got on my kayak for the first time in like a year and a half today and uh, i was supposed to meet somebody i ended up getting out there intentionally about 30 minutes before them and we were talking and he's like yeah i haven't been able to get out on my kayak uh you know in a year yeah man i haven't been able to get out in the last couple of years and he's like i just don't have any time and it, it just popped into my i was like you know what sometimes you just have to make the time 
Um, and somebody, uh, a wise individual in my life said, you will always have time for the things that you want to have time for. Um, which has always made when I, I encounter somebody and they like, you know, oh, like I don't have time to do that. Like I, I never, there's nothing in my life that I don't have time to do. The truth is, is I only make time for the things that I want to have time for. Um, and so if I don't have time for my family, it's because I don't want to have time for my family. If I, and now there's crazy, you know, there's crazy and chaotic seasons in life where that's not true. Um, but you know what? The reason that I have time to game is because I want to game. And there's some people like, I don't have any time to play video games. Well, I don't watch movies because I do want a game. Um, and, and today I needed to take a break and not get something done, um, not play a game in order to get in my kayak. It made a huge difference in my day. I was really stressed out and stuff. And it was just like 30 minutes on a quiet lake by myself, sitting in the sun, like baking and, and putting my feet in the water and watching wildlife. And it was just amazing. It was amazing. And I haven't done it often enough. And, um, you know, we make time for the things that we want to have time for. So, uh, you know, yeah, that's a closing thought. Go if, if you need to make time for it, make time for it. Make it happen. You know, you can do yeah. it. Yeah, time time is is a finite resource, but what we do with it, we always have an infinite amount of choices to do with our time what we want to. And structure yep. the way that we want to structure our day and make priority and prioritize the things that are the most important to us, whether that be people or experiences or or whatever it might be in your life. Reaching out to something, doing something new, mastering something you're already good at. Or reconnecting with someone you haven't talked to in a long time. Yeah, absolutely. And I always say I don't have time for working out. <laughs> the reality is, I just don't want to work out. I want to play Pokemon Unite. Um, and so <laughs> that's that's just the reality. Oh man. Well, hey, this episode was great. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and listening. We appreciate you. Um, find us on Twitter and find us on Patreon and find us on Discord. Come connect with me and Gibbles in those places. And Twitter. Don't forget about Twitter. I did say, I said Twitter oh. and Patreon and Discord. Those I, guess, I guess I zoned out for a second. Yes, Twitter, yeah, Twitter, like, of all uh, things, Twitter. Uh, 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 yeah, come follow us on Twitter for sure. It gives us more validity, so hopefully we can one day get a dev to come on this stinking show. We're trying. Um, we're trying. Gibbles is, is pinging them, and they they be ignoring their pings. I haven't reached uh, out to them yet, but oh, I'm, I'm planning my attack. Okay, okay, we're, we're prepping. The stage is set. We're getting ready. And we're going to have devs on this show every week, you know. Um, okay, that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, be sure to come back next week and, uh, and catch next week's episode. Thanks for listening to Legends Cast. This episode was brought to you by listeners like you. Don't forget to join our Discord community and support us by leaving us a rating and review wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. A special thanks goes out to all of our Patreon supporters over at patreon.com slash legendscast.